Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 14th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mom's 2018-19 school year, we'll meet the students who competed in this year's moot court competition. We'll also check in with Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He'll give us a special report on the start of winter sports at Monmouth College. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. I hope you had a pleasant and enjoyable Thanksgiving holiday. Of course, with the passing of Thanksgiving comes the start of the Christmas season. And speaking of the Christmas season, Monmouth will celebrate it in a big-time way this Saturday, December 1. This year's annual Christmas at Monmouth concert is going to merge with the college's annual Christmas convocation. That's going to create a can't-miss holiday program that everyone will enjoy. Five Monmouth musical ensembles will perform at the concert. The Monmouth College Chorale, the Chamber Choir, the Concert Choir, the Wind Ensemble, and the Chamber Orchestra. A big thanks to Monmouth music professor Tim Payle and his colleagues, along with college chaplain, the Reverend Terry Ott, for merging two great events into what promises to be a wonderful evening celebrating the Christmas spirit. You can read more about this year's Christmas at Monmouth concert on the homepage of the Monmouth College website, and that address, of course, is monmouthcollege.edu. And if you can't make it to the concert, don't worry. We'll live stream it on the college's YouTube channel, and that address is youtube.com slash monmouthcollege. Three days later after the Christmas concert, Monmouth will celebrate another big event, the rededication of Greer Hall. That dedication will take place at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, December 4, in the lounge of Greer Hall. As you might recall, Greer Hall recently underwent a top-to-bottom renovation during 2018. The residence hall, which opened back in 1940, has received an incredible makeover thanks to the very talented and skilled folks at Hastings and Chevetta Architects and Pepper Construction. The new and very much improved Greer Hall will take its place as one of the many gems in Monmouth's residence halls, and the rededication event will also be live-streamed if you can't make it to the event on Tuesday afternoon. You can read more about the rededication on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. And don't forget to stop by the Lynn G. Everett Gallery before December 1. Of course, the Lynn G. Everett Gallery is located in the college's Hughes Library. That's where you can see a very good juried student exhibit. A big congrats to art professor Stephanie Ball and her colleagues in the art department on another wonderful event in the Lynn G. Everett Gallery. And speaking of art, don't forget that a great show down at the Buchanan Center for the Arts is being held, and it has a Monmouth connection. Through January 4, the BCA is exhibiting a show titled Harlow Bloom Retrospective, celebrating 60-plus years of creativity. Of course, that features the works of Monmouth College Emeritus Professor of Art Harlow Bloom. 
There's more information about the show, which has received a lot of foot traffic on the BCA website, and that address is bcaarts.org. Finally, a shout-out to political science lecturer Robin Johnson. Robin put together another great Midwest Matters talk earlier this week. Of course, that's supported by the good folks at Monmouth Security Savings Bank. This year's speaker on Tuesday evening was political analyst Amy Walter of the Cook Political Report. She gave a very insightful analysis of the recent midterm elections. A big thanks to everyone who braved the cold and snow on Tuesday night to hear what was a superb talk in Wells Theater. You can read more about Amy Walter's talk on the Monmouth College website. Again, that address is monmouthcollege.edu. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Earlier in November, Monmouth College held its eighth annual moot court competition. The event attracted a total of 14 students who competed on a Saturday morning before a panel of volunteer judges that included alumni lawyers Daniel Cotter, the class of 1988, and Bradley Narstadt of the class of 1989. Four students advanced to the final round, which was held on November 13 in the Morgan Room of Polling Hall and judged by a three-member panel consisting of the Honorable Greg McClintock, Monmouth Psychology Professor Tara McCoy, and Interim Dean of the Faculty Mark Wilhart. The issue they debated was whether a bakery had the constitutional right to refuse to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. For the second consecutive year, Monmouth Jr. Hadley Smithheisler was named the top advocate of moot court. Hadley, who's a history and French major from Valley City, North Dakota, says she was a lot more at ease competing the second time around in moot court. The whole process felt a lot calmer this year. I didn't have to deal with that blind panic of not knowing what the process was like. So I felt more comfortable and I felt more comfortable with the case and the facts of the case uh, this time around. I guess I've gotten more comfortable trusting myself more rather than just memorizing an outline of facts. I'm a lot better about just knowing the facts and trusting that I know the facts so that I can kind of dole them out as necessary as I get questions thrown at me. Hadley, who is considering attending law school after she graduates from Monmouth, says she learned a lot about the issue that was debated by competing in moot court. I'm super comfortable with the whole like legal terminology um, of strict scrutiny uh, versus rational basis, but I feel like I have a better grasp of that now. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just interesting. I always appreciate opportunities uh, where I'm forced to argue the same thing from two different perspectives because uh, I think that that's valuable. Uh, so I just enjoy the process. Mama's senior Mackenzie Lafferty was named the top advocate in moot court during her freshman year, and she's made it to the final round all four years that she's competed as a Mama student. Mackenzie, who's a political science and international business double major from Canton, Illinois says it was a little bittersweet to compete for her final time in moot court. I think the last two years it's been more about having fun rather than I did really well my first year, you know, I won, but I really just, I've loved the opportunity. Uh, when we finished the prelim rounds, I, you know, I genuinely have a relationship with the attorneys that partake in the event. So, you know, it, telling them that it was my last year, it, it's nice to know that I have that connection with alumni now. McKenzie says she's grown a lot because of competing in moot court, and it's also given her career direction. It's definitely helped me articulate my professional goals 
freshman year, if you would have asked, I thought I wanted to go to law school, and then now I'm currently applying for graduate schools within um, economic, international economic programs, and uh, just applying for jobs within the international trade sect, import and export management, and I'd like to end up working in the State Department doing international trade work and working with international trade policy on tariffs and quotas. McKinsey says that moot court has also helped her appreciate the fact that most issues are not simply black or white. It definitely brings to light that not everything's black and white, and I think it might have opened up my eyes of what, um, which part of the First Amendment is more important. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. We're visiting this week with the finalist in this year's moot court competition, which was held earlier in November. Kanisha Watley, a political science junior from Nashville, Tennessee, made it to the final round of moot court for the first time in her two times of competing. She says that participating in moot court has helped pull her out of her shell and helped her develop valuable skills. I am generally a very kind of shy person and um, public speaking is very difficult for me in a sense that um, I can know the arguments but I just when I'm in a crowd it's hard for me to articulate those effectively so being in moot court kind of pushes you to do that it has to make you have confidence in yourself in order to um, explain your case and it's all about kind of persuading the facts and um, kind of arguing in your favor as to why these facts are in support of your own case. So it, it causes me to be better at persuasion and public speaking and makes me a better orator. And Kanisha also has big plans after she graduates from Monmouth. Hopefully after I leave I can join the Peace Corps and then afterwards go to law school. I would like to be an international attorney but I'm not quite sure in what field yet but we never know until I get there. <laughs> Mama's sophomore Joe Doner is an international studies and environmental studies double major from Arlington Heights, Illinois. He also competed in the final round for the second time. Joe says there's a lot to like about being involved in moot court. Even though I dread it, I definitely enjoy like actually being up on the podium and arguing my position the most because, you know, up there you're able to lay out your argument and interact with the judges and either make yourself look really good or really bad depending on how things go. And Joe says that he's also grown and learned a lot by being involved in moot court. What I've learned and like how I've grown from moot court, I've definitely gotten a lot better at you know speaking in public and kept up with that skill and I've also been able to learn a lot about how the law works and how argument works in actual courts and uh, places like that. That's Mama's student Joe Doner. You also heard from fellow students Kanisha Watley, Mackenzie Lafferty, and top advocate Hadley Smith-Heisler. They were the four finalists in this year's moot court competition. You can read more about this year's moot court, the eighth time it's been held at Monmouth in as many years, in the news section of the Monmouth College website. That, of course, is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. get into this week's athletic segment, a reminder of the multitude of ways in which you can follow Monmouth College throughout the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash Monmouth College. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and the college is on Instagram at Monmouth College. If you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth College on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth, and here's some great musical selections. Be sure to check out Monmouth College on Spotify. 
The man behind MammothScots.com, your official source on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related, is Mammoth Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. And Dan has been very busy lately as Mammoth's winter sports teams are kicking it into high gear. Dan says this upcoming weekend will be a very busy and important one for Tom Burek's men's and women's swimming and diving teams as they head west to Iowa. Great uh, great weekend for swimming coming up. We uh, swim over at the Grinnell Pioneer Classic. Uh, Coach Burek refers to it as a mid-season meet because it does fall at mid-season. It's a good yardstick to see how they've progressed to this point. And then also it, it's the turning point where we start working toward the conference meet. So this uh, this weekend... It's a Friday and Saturday meet, very similar to what conference will be, uh, and Coach will start putting the, uh, the swimmers in the events where he's projecting they'll be swimming in conference. That doesn't always pan out, but it's a, a good uh, dry run, if you will, uh, for that conference meet. And- Dan says that the Monmouth men's swimming team is off to an impressive start. Side, we've uh, got a, a great uh, season so far out of Preston Bokey, one of our uh, sophomores uh, who was a conference champion last year. And then Andrew Shy, one of our freshmen, has uh, come on strong. So he's really been uh, a nice, I don't want to say a surprise, but he's been a nice addition uh, getting some uh, good uh, swims out of him early. And uh, the the way coach has the routine set up for the year, you're not going to see great swims right away, but you're going to see them at conference meet. It's a, it's a building up to that stage. Uh, but right now we're expecting to start seeing some, some of those times really improve. And we've already uh, had a number of uh, personal bests and honor roll. And the women's swimming team continues to show improvement. Uh, they just they keep getting uh, better and better swims uh, every time out. Uh, Marissa Logan has been kind of a workhorse for them uh, as, as a freshman. Uh, Maggie Wingo, uh, uh, same way. And and uh, Coach has, uh, I think, a surprisingly good group on that women. Uh, they're, they're not a large group, uh, but they're a quality group. The Monmouth men's and women's basketball teams begin Midwest Conference play this weekend with a trip up to Wisconsin to play at St. Norbert College on Friday, then at Beloit College on Saturday. The women's team, coached by Kyle Wilson once again this year, is off to a 5-0 start, the program's best since 2012. It was really interesting because they had been shooting the lights out. Uh, they went into last weekend shooting over 60% from the floor and from three-point range. So the, their shooting has been incredible, which was something Coach hadn't really expected. So it was a nice surprise. Uh, but then on, on Sunday with Central, uh, we just we couldn't buy a bucket. And uh, the team uh, decided that uh, they're going to have to figure out a different way to win. And they did it with defense and ball control. They only had seven turnovers. That's almost a record. I think the record is like four or five, so that was great. Uh, but then on top of that, they forced 15 turnovers. Uh, it was a low-scoring game, 61-53, we win it. Um, but in a low-scoring game like that, every possession has even greater value. So uh, to uh, actually make Central double the turnovers uh, was a huge, huge thing. And then in the first quarter alone, 
Uh, Allie Myers uh, blocked four shots, and uh, after that, Central just stopped going inside. Uh, uh, Allie didn't get a get a point; she had trouble scoring. But those four blocks, and she had ten rebounds. Great effort, and that's that's one of those kids that you probably won't hear a lot about, but she's going to have a key role in in that. And then Jordan Kenty, one of our freshmen, comes off the bench to relieve her occasionally, and uh, she doesn't miss a beat either. So. And Dan says that the Monmouth women are a very balanced team so far this year. Uh, you know, we, we've got Yvonne Ornelas at the at the point, and she's really kind of the, the key piece of that whole thing. She runs the offense. And then uh, uh, Shane Smith on Saturday had a 25-point day. She's a sophomore. That equaled her career high, which she had in the, in the season opener this year. Uh, Carly Turnbull. Uh, had been averaging a double-double going into the weekend, and uh, Becca Gallus was shooting like 80% from three-point range going into the weekend. So uh, all, all the pieces are really, you know, falling together. And then coming off the bench, we mentioned uh, freshman Jordan Kenty. Uh, we also have uh, Caitlin Osmolski coming off the bench. Uh, she's a three-point threat also and has been averaging about 10 a game. And then Teray Warner has been coming off and supplying some really good defense. So uh, Coach has all the, all the pieces in place, and he really talked to them about, you know, we're off to a great start shooting that's not going to last uh, but the defense will last and, and they bought into that and, and that was the key on on Sunday to, to go to 5-0. and The Monmouth College men's basketball team is off to a 2-3 and three start. They're very young and that's presented a lot of challenges and puzzles for coach Todd Scripseth. Uh, the men right now they're they're still in growing pains. Uh, half their team are brand new to the to the program and then you look at that at, the starting five and half of those are have never played together either so it's a case of right now finding the right rotation the right mix learning each other's uh, uh, game and uh, you know we go into this weekend uh, begin a, a three game uh, road trip in the conference uh, so coaches right now is just trying to get the mat the matchups right the combinations right and it's a learning process and you know if you recall last year we had the same thing through uh, December and then after uh, Christmas everything caught fire and, and uh, you know, we went on to win conference so you know we're hopeful that, that we can get things going and as Dan says Todd is getting closer to finding that winning combination for the men's basketball team the men's basketball team there are a lot of moving parts in that and it's, it's kind of like playing the lottery you've got to find those six winning numbers we've got to find that five that that work the the best on the court and you know we had a couple of wins right out of the gate and and uh, looked good and then we kind of lost that uh, magic a little bit but uh, they're they've been very close this last weekend you know we we lost by combined combined uh, less than 10 points in both games so we're very very close just need that one thing to to win it at the end and get the ball rolling. That's Monmouth College Sports Information Director Dan Nolan. He's the man behind MonmouthScots.com. Don't forget to follow Monmouth College Athletics on Twitter, and you can do that at MC Fighting Scots. And that's going to be a 30 for this 14th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.